1: Shoemaker has had a career in show business spanning over three decades as a stand up comedian, actor, author, writer, and producer. He was named the funniest male stand up comic at the American Comedy Awards and has earned two Emmy Awards. He's appeared on
0: Showtime,
1: Netflix, and Comedy Central, as well as in several movies. Welcome to the show,
0: Craig. Well, thank you for having me. You've used up all the time doing my resume
1: over here. Oh, believe me, it's a lot longer than that, but I've tried to just Uh, do a little bit, so we do have time to talk. Listen, one of the (laughs) things that I found interesting about you is that you have been a stand-up comedian since your junior year of high school. So a lot of entertainers yeah. will recall their first joke because it's like the moment they knew they could cut it as a
0: comedian. <laughs>
1: Do you remember your first joke or one of them?
0: Well, yeah. Actually, my first joke, you know, my name is Shoemaker. By the way, I appreciate you saying Shoemaker. A lot of people, my favorite comedian, Greg Shoemaker, drives me nuts. <laughs> like, there's no umlaut. I'm not off the boat with Bavaria. You know, it's, it's Shoemaker, not Shoemaker. You make shoes, you don't mock shoes. <laughs> Unless they're Crocs. Crocs, you can mock. Okay. You know, you know what the holes are for? So your self-esteem can slip out. And I know this because I wear them daily. Because I was I'm married with the kid in a minivan, so I don't care anymore. But anyway, I think my first joke was about my name uh, in fifth grade. I said, hey, did you hear my shoe factory burnt down? Uh, some big heel started it. Uh, <laughs> Uh, a, a, a lot of souls were lost. <laughs> <laughs> and that, was my, that was my first attempt at humor. I got a couple laughs. My first time on stage, I got a couple laughs, and it was like crack. I was hooked for life. And I still, to this day, love making people laugh, whether it's just you right now or mm-hmm. 75,000 people at the University of Florida. It doesn't matter. I just really dig uh, that vibration of laughter.
1: Well, that's a good fit because you are good at making people laugh. I was lucky enough to see one of your shows and you had me in the aisles. And, uh, and And that brings me to another question. What is the process for coming up with a stand-up routine?
0: For me, the process is literally living and taking note of my life and what's around me and It's really what it is. A lot of people go, how do you memorize? Because I'm sure you saw a show that was like 90 minutes long, and I don't stop for a breath. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And uh, it's because I'm just sharing my life, these stories about life. And so the process is basically something funny happens. Like I'll give you an example. I was playing golf with this guy I hardly know. And he texted me. And a comedy comes a lot about a it, frustration. It, te- it really frustrates me when people text me when they know I'm driving. Mm-hmm. And to top it off, I have big thumbs. <laughs> so, you know, I, I miss text all the time. So he says, you know, where are you? And I, I'm like, couldn't you call me? And, you know, the, the L is next to the K. And I said, hey, I'll be there soon. And I'm going to lick your ass <laughs> when I get there. And imagine that he wasn't there <laughs> when I showed. Up. <laughs> I guess he wasn't down with that offer.
1: <laughs> oh, that's stupid! I've got, I've got a, I've got a couple words for you. Voice to text. My fingers aren't large, but I'm. I just can't handle all the writing all day long. So a lot of times I just get on the microphone and say what I want to write instead. So yeah, <laughs> a good well, thought.
0: Yeah. But you speak English. I speak Philadelphia. It doesn't (laughs) understand me. (laughs) It responds back, what is water? (laughs) (laughs) Water. Water. I I literally, it literally doesn't know, it doesn't listen to my own street, and I'm not exaggerating. My street is Wallington, right? Mm -hmm. So I'll say, you know, some people are asking for my address, and I say, Wallington, like (laughs) it <laughs> not matter how I say it; it comes up Wellington. Wellington I think now I'm arguing. It, it's, it's like it's like Siri and voice They're like my ex-wife. i never right. <laughs> you know, I used to think to myself with my ex-wife: if I spoke in the forest and she wasn't there and no one else was, would I still be wrong?
2: <laughs> the, answer,
0: the answer is yes. I would be. So yes, wow. <laughs> and that sounds like, there's an A there, right? Nope, it's a T, no matter what. So voice to text doesn't work. Nothing mm. works for me. Mm. Just a, an old-fashioned phone call, for mm. God's sake.
1: What are those? Who, who can even describe that anymore? Wow. Yeah, so. and
0: if you wanted to go in another room, you just got a long wire and went to the closet. Yes, right. some <laughs> privacy. Out the I out
1: remember the that. I remember that, There's too. nothing
0: wrong there's nothing wrong with that for god's sakes you have to go to a good cell area you got a good you know a, a good a good thing going with your wire it was you could hear clearly there was no fading in and out or, mm-hmm. then you, you ever do that thing where you do the blame game too you go you know yeah, that was yours that was you you were the reason we disconnected <laughs> that was you
1: Not on my end, that was on your end. (laughs) You need to
0: start arguing, I got five
1: bars. (laughs) (laughs) Oh gosh, it's, you know, this technology, you can't live with it, you can't live without it, that's for sure.
0: I'd love to live without it.
1: Yeah. So let me ask you this, I I just want to talk a little bit more, and then we've got some great things to, to get into of what you're doing, but... How do you read an audience? How do, you, how, how do you know when to keep pressing a joke or like, okay, this is a bomb and I need to go on to something else?
0: Well, actually, I teach this. You know, I, coach, I do some high-end coaching for people to add humor to their presentations and speeches and leadership. And what I tell them is it's really about GEF, genuine energy flow. If you could know a flow in that space of freedom that we all have when we're connected to our, our innermost self, our source. When you're connected to that source, great empathy happens, an energetic read, a psychic read, if you will, happens with any room that you're in, and it happens to me on stage where I can literally feel people. I can feel if something's working, if it's not working, and the adjustments happen internally, not really in my head. It's not like I'm saying consciously, oh, I must adjust here. It just happens because of being in that genuine energy flow. Mm-hmm. I'd recommend it for anybody. You know, athletes use it. It's just basically you are your true self without fear and doubt and worry, and you're able to truly perform at your best no matter what you're doing. You could be a plumber. and You know, you you, you fix that leak within seconds because you're just in that flow.
1: Yeah, another thing I think would be Difficult is how you handle tricky, maybe even sticky topics.
0: Sticky topics? Well, yeah, are tricky I have a topics. solution to that. I have a solution. I just literally wrote that minutes before we spoke. I just wrote it on Facebook. If You want to see and it. You know, it's so sad now. I, there was a post about uh, name an artist or a band that you like that you, you can't stand that everyone else loves. Right. And I had this pause. And creators shouldn't pause and, well, who am I going to offend here? You know, if I, say, if I say Taylor Swift, well, they say I'm a sexist pig. If I say Kanye West, I'm a racist. If I say you know, a K-pop band,
2: you know, mm-hmm. BTS,
0: uh, uh, Stop Asian Hate,
2: mm-hmm. Selena
0: Gomez, that's the whole trifecta. You know, they're going to label me and mm. we need to stop. We need to stop this. It's, it's, what it's doing is it's preventing us all from true happiness as we're all doing this overthinking and projecting because it's really, it's really projecting. You know, when you, when you have a response to someone, an artist, you're just projecting your own stuff that you haven't figured out or you don't want to figure out, you don't want to address. That's when people are doing. So just need to stop, you know, Mm -hmm. and the, but the secret for me is, I share personal experiences and no one can disagree with them. Mm. You know, I can share an opinion. You can disagree and be angry at me and everything. You can't be angry that I fell while rollerblading, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, it's like, at my mm-hmm. experience, sorry, you know, you can be offended all you want, but that's on you. And uh, so that's how I
2: mm-hmm.
0: kind of mitigate those responses. I don't talk about current events. Mm. And, um you know I don't speak from you know racial profiling or anything like that,
1: so so just stay um, away from it and not get in the like you say people need a big chill pill, I think these days um but I yeah. remember th- uh, I saw Billy Bob Thornton he won some award, and when he got up to say uh you know his acceptance speech, he was like, "No matter what I say, somebody's not gonna like it, so I'm just gonna say thank you bye <laughs> it was I thought words right. to live by." But speaking of opinions, yeah. you know, people disagree or or maybe not find some of the things you say funny. Your worst heckler, what happened and how did you handle the situation? <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was a long time ago. I'm pretty fortunate with hecklers. I think people have who come to my shows have some amount of respect. You know, um, you were there. I mean, it's mostly an adult audience mm-hmm. and they mostly... A lot of them were fans going in. By the way, had you ever heard of me or seen me before, or were you just there with a group and checking out comedy?
1: No, no, I, I had heard of you. Like like your introduction, you had a resume, and then um, we did get a group of people to go, and I wasn't the only one. The whole group was like, oh, my gosh, that's one of the best shows we've ever seen. So <laughs> seriously, you that's had something bad. for everybody, and um I we just we just were just right on the floor. I'm sorry, which led me partly to be like, I got to get this guy on my show because I know my audience is going to really enjoy this.
0: Don't be sorry. I think it's wonderful. My favorite thing is when people come up and tell me a body part that hurts. <laughs> <laughs> I hurt them. Like, I feel like a. Like a boxer that got a knockout. My face still hurts. My Mm -hmm. ribs. My stomach. Mm -hmm. I've hurt every body part. My head. My eyes. My nose. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um, I I might have even heard my vagina hurt. Probably heard that too.
1: (laughs) Well, I think
0: I've hurt every body part except maybe the feet. But it's really, uh, it's really fascinating. Now, I do forget your question. That's typical of me. I, oh. I reflect over... Things.
1: So, the heckler. I'm a, I'm
0: a like, in-the-moment guy. Yeah. What's that?
1: The heckler, and how did you handle it? Oh, I... The last
0: one... I mean, not the last... The One of the first hecklers ever when I was starting my career, I was working this, uh, this horrible... Because this when comedy clubs were popping up everywhere, like, they just were just putting them, like... The, they had a country western bar and it failed, so they stick up a comedy club and mm. the the bowl that they bought is still there on the stage with me, you know, the mechanical bowl. <laughs> so the disco balls that I've been in front of on a dance floor. I mean, they just would put us so this guy converts his garage into a comedy club he mm. painted the windows. Painted the windows so it was dark in there and you put the stage up. And it was just this Dumpy place in Palmyra, New Jersey. And he would go up on stage and tell really, really dirty jokes. And say, "Now here's your here's your headliner. You know, it's not a good setup, not a good appetizer. It's a, you know it's like kind of like eating crap as an appetizer. Well, here you go. Here's your entree. What do you think? Your mouth has already been spoiled a little bit." Uh, recently, I had somebody. Uh, it was really unbelievable. I, I never, no one has ever experienced. A lot of comics were there. And a guy, it was an outdoor show in his backyard, which a lot of people are doing those these days. And this guy let out gas, a sound. He never. you We all had to stop and say, was mm-hmm. that what I thought it was? And, mm-hmm. he there, and he raised his hand like, yep, that was me. So there's no way. You just can't do your mm-hmm. show without mm-hmm. completely calling attention to it. You know, <laughs> so Talking yeah. about the elephant in the room. Yeah, is the elephant the elephant part in the room? It yeah. was really. Uh, so, what was your was big a, break? A, I'm, I'm, what was your big break? I'd say comic relief in 1996. Uh, it was really it was a moment that uh, Whoopi Goldberg got me on the show, and it's hosted by Whoopi and Robin Williams and oh. Billy Crystal, and it's in the Universal Studios and the big theater and it's the HBO. So, it was pretty significant wow. and. I definitely killed that night to the point whereas me and Chris Rock were sort of the breakouts. Mm-hmm. And they took, they whisked us into, I don't know whatever happened to Chris Rock. But anyway, they, they whisked us into another room and I was doing a press conference suddenly. And I'd never done anything like that before. And it was just, uh, it was like from anonymity to a little bit of, little taste of stardom within minutes. And it was pretty incredible. A lot of things happened from that, and that. That's when I was really hitting the stride, too.
1: Good. Well, you mentioned a lot of comedians. Who, who is your favorite comedian?
0: I like Chris Rock. I mean, I think Chris Rock is brilliant and makes me laugh. And um, you know, there's a lot of great ones out there. Bill Burr is really great, and uh, who else? Dave Chappelle. Frankly, I don't watch many comedians on purpose because I don't want to be influenced. Mm. I have to be me. It's sad, too, because I don't get to check out a lot of comedians that way. And yet I've been doing some shows with other comics recently because, as you know, I do this headline thing with one opener for 10 minutes and then I go on for 90. And so I don't see many comedians. My choice you know I, I mean I really I like my family more <laughs> I love hanging with my family who are very funny themselves in their own way
1: so so yeah. let's change the uh, stride here a little bit um, because you have so many stories and one that is unique I think is your art of changing the world through laughter and I agree with that because studies have proven that laughter is the best medicine. In fact, the Mayo Clinic agrees, touting its effect on everything from stress reduction to resilience to relieving pain. I mean, on and on. So, jumping on that theory, you created Laughter Heals Foundation. Tell us about Laughter Heals.
0: Well, it was inspired by, I have a friend, you know, all your best friends usually. Are people you share laughs with you get each other a sense of humor and you just have one i mean this is who we think about it's you know, people are really about how how someone makes you feel that's what we're about and, and bringing out laughter makes people feel good so they, they always remember that's always remember my great friends are the ones that i laugh with and michael goldberg is one of them he's a philadelphia guy living in los angeles he wrote cool running little giants directed my first movie the love master about my character and um as a matter of fact all these babies were conceived after my show i guess things get loosened up so i'm going wow that's weird Mm -hmm. and we were shooting the movie in in a day off and his wife is ovulated i said do the love master (laughs) and he did it Mm -hmm. baby kayla was born nine months later but um a year and a half after that, he got brain cancer, and they said, you have three months to live, and mm-hmm. it was really, like, a, mm-hmm. just a big moment for me. I went, wow, you know, that's a, just a shocker, mm-hmm. and very painful, I said, what can I do? And I you know, we've always heard laughter is the best medicine. We hear it, but how much do we embrace it? It's like, not even like a half a percent is spent on that. We spend our time in darkness, and fear, and it's just and hatred now. I mean, it's just amazing how we focus. We don't focus on the medicinal properties of laughter. So I form Laughter Heals. And, you know, I, I had these therapy programs. And uh, he showed up for all of them. He took the prescriptions of adding more laughter to your life. And he was given three months to live. He lived 15 years at that prognosis.
1: Oh, wonderful.
0: Because laughter also gives you a reason to live. I mean, if you're in these dire circumstances or if you're suffering and you have cancer that's eating you away i mean just what are you gonna live for you don't want to live in more misery it's like why 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 do you even want to get up and do a chemo treatment and go through all that pain It's like what's what life worth if i have a bunch of people around me that are negative and talking about illness all the time or focusing on death counts on television so that's what i do is i help people shift away from that negative energy and that darkness and let's, I have a podcast called enlightened up. Let's, let's enlighten the F up. You know? So, uh, that's what I'm about. I really believe in it. I've seen it. I've studied it. Uh, got degrees. (laughs) I mean, I'm telling you laughter really does all the things you named and then about 50 other things it Mm -hmm. does for you. Mm You
2: know,
0: you literally cannot be depressed while you're laughing. Mm -hmm. You can be labeled with depression which is very subjective, by the way, you know, aren't we all at some point, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, I understand it's debilitating for people, but if you add laughter, I can guarantee you, you're going to be less depressed. It's just a fact. You know, like if you laugh with me right now, (laughs) I'm depressed. (laughs) Am I depressed at that moment? No, not at all. Right, right. Say it all you want. You're not depressed in that moment because of what laughter is doing to your mind, body, and your spirit at that moment. It's energizing it, it's shifting it, it's uh, the current changes, your circulatory system, your lungs, everything's engaged, your heart, all of it, even your skin, from laughter. Mm-hmm. So this is what I'm about. I've got the Laughter Heals Foundation. We're developing other programs. We certainly could use some donations. That would be wonderful if people go to laughterheals.org. And um, we are—we have some goals of developing, you know, an app where you can have daily doses of of laughter medicine, and you know, where your pharmacy. We've got a lot, not a lot of initiatives going, but we need some donations. Mm-hmm. And I do believe that it's sad, though, because you would think that people would rush to donate to that, but. No rush to uh, donate to Netflix or, you know, some pay-per-view to go get some more negative energy and go follow a murder mystery, which I do, too, by the
2: way.
0: (laughs) 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 I am definitely guilty of a true crime obsession. But, uh, you know, but the other side of me is, like, practice what I preach. I love laughter. I turn away from the news. I don't watch the news at all. I haven't been sick in 20 years. And I haven't missed a day of work in 20 years. And while we're talking about defenses and things like that, let's talk about what we can do to get well and get healthy. Mm-hmm. And that can be done through laughter therapy.
1: So, so let's give the folks that, um, that site one more time so that they can learn more or donate or get involved.
0: It's uh, laughterheals.org. Write a note. You can go to craigschemecker.com and write me a note and start uh, a relationship. Well, um, it'll be a few dates till we have a few, <laughs> relationship, but no, I mean start uh, communication, and we're trying to form a movement of love and laugh-minded people to uh, you know take over. You know, we need to shift this energy. Mm-hmm. We'd like to have a laughter lobby in Washington mm-hmm. because right now the lobbyists they own our lawmakers, they own the voice, and uh, laughter. We're getting canceled. We're getting canceled, virtue signaled out of here, FCC censored, taken down. All of this is to prevent us from, we're supposed to be pursuing happiness. There's none of it, mm-hmm. none of it on the news. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, they might wrap up a story. Here's a story about a kitten that got caught in a tree. <laughs> you know, and they, it's 20 seconds after just being bombarded. With death and destruction and mayhem and chaos, that's all they. That's how they sell. Well, I sure would
1: be in for. Then, a, I sure would be in for that? a. I sure would be in for a laughter movement. In fact, uh, I think you would be great in a TV sitcom. Any chance of that ever happening?
0: At my age, I don't think so. Unless <laughs> I'm the dad. Unless I'm the dad. I do have a new show that I. I just. Came up with with Caroline Ray is one of my favorite comedians and recent guest on my podcast. The mm-hmm. podcast is Enlightened Up, Enlightened Up, and you know I'm really really into that podcast. It's also available on video on YouTube. Enlightened Up has so many guests, and uh, you know, someone compared it to Inside the Actors Studio for comedians. I have yeah. a lot of comedian friends on, and we have these conversations that go deep, and inspiring, and Make you laugh, yes, yes, a break, yes, a break from
1: this crap. Yes, I agree, and I do agree that laughter is the best medicine. So I'm going to ask you to give our listeners to kind of close, give our listeners a pill to get them through the day, a medicine pill, if you will, and let's close the show with what you consider your funniest joke of all time.
2: Keep it, keep it clean, keep it clean. (laughs)
1: <laughs> that is pressure. Oh, you didn't get no the memo. My, <laughs> you didn't my get the memo.
0: Joke. Oh no.
1: <laughs> a clean oh, one. <laughs> well,
0: as as you know, as you know, I I I tell stories. Mm-hmm. So that's really difficult. You know, I tell stories and jokes within the story. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of a joke. I have a dog. It's half pit bull and half poodle. Not much of a guard guard dog, but a vicious gossip. <laughs>
1: That's a good one. made me laugh. I'm sure it's a pill for our audience, so I can't thank you enough for for being here today, sharing your story, sharing laughs with us, and you know giving us a little bit of medicine.
0: Thank you so thanks so much for having me and uh yeah, people uh, watch and listen to my podcast, have some fun. It's hours and hours of entertainment takes you out of the darkness into the light. See you next time
1: so just going into some more fun here. It's that time of year for Carrie's Town Hall campus on Academy Street to come alive again for the 45th annual Lazy Days Arts and Crafts Festival. The two-day event will feature over 300 artists, live music, children's activities, and a variety of food and drink vendors. Now, this runs August 28th and 29th, and let me tell you, folks are more than jazz than ever about the return given COVID propelled its cancellation in 2020. Something else everyone is jazzed about as a side treat, you all know the lovely Pink Lady Victorian that sits on Academy Street right in the heart of Carrie Lazy Days. Well, on Saturday, August 28th, from 11 a.m. to 2 p.m., you will be able to stop by for a triple book signing event. Sheila Ogle, owner of the Downtown Gym, will be signing copies of her well-received book, The Pink House, which she wrote with its story being shared through the eyes of the house's perspective. That's very cool. Amanda Lamb of WRAL plans to pin her signature on copies of her book, Lies That Bind. Also sharing the stage, the cute children's book, A Special Light, will be signed by its creative author, Allison Forrester. So be sure to check out this rare opportunity on your way to the cotton candy at Lazy Days. Well, it's time to high-five and say goodbye. You can hear all kinds of stories on any major platform or at our website, you know, at triangle com. To hear about a psychic artist and art grants, how you can save the planet right from your backyard, learn about a group of face mask warriors saving lives, or if you're in the mood for more comedy, check out one of our first shows. Comedian Jeff Allen has us in stitches, so check that out. I'm Mary Innsbrucker for Triangle 411. Today dot, dot, spread laughter.